Most of my life, I've been kind of bewildered with how the world works. Assuming that there was just a system I didn't know about or, or there are rules I didn't understand, which often was the case. There are a lot of patterns and developments and, and, uh, and guidelines. I remember because I grew up in a very small town and you kind of, I didn't know everybody in the small town. It wasn't that kind of small town. I'm sure there were people who did know people, everybody else in the town, including my mother. I think she knew everybody in the town. So I didn't know every individual person, but I could imagine, well, that person works at the post office. That person drives truck. That person is uh, a school teacher. That one does welding. You know, I, I could imagine everybody's job. And it was within a scope that I could understand. And I remember the first time I came to a larger city, the one I live in now, it's not really that big, but it was multitudes, multitudes larger than the town I grew up in. Uh, I can probably work out the math. I think it would have been uh, 400 times larger, something like that. And um, and I kind of looked around and went, what are all these people doing? <laughs> what 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 jobs could they possibly have? You only need a certain amount of school teachers and welders and truck drivers. And the list of professions that I had was was relatively um, relatively short. But then I couldn't remember what, couldn't realize what all the others were doing. I come to realize that a lot more now as I kind of appreciate the role of management, which is not a job which seems apparent. Um, it's kind of like being a boss, but at the same time, not. <laughs> so I can kind of imagine that now, which I couldn't then. But ever since I was young, I've been looking for these these ways of doing things. And, and there were numerous times where people had kind of assumed that you knew how to do something. And you had no clue, at least in my case. I should say I had no clue. Uh, I, I'm struggling with an example, but it was, it, it was even the simplest of things. Um, and I, I, I just can't, I just can't think of an example. Uh, but, but everybody would treat it as, as obvious. And for whatever reason, whether it would have been something that I had not been exposed to being a single child of a single parent, uh, or a, a homebody or whatever, I just didn't realize this happened a lot in language too. There were, phrases or or kind of almost call and response you know the the kind of dialogue which is so so um well well formed um and so regularly done that everybody knows the standard responses we have that a lot you know, i find as you're walking down the street and there's also casual uh conversation with people where they are things like oh how's it going the answer is not, well, here's my current set of problems or here's my current set of successes. It's, oh, it's just going, you know, or, or, or something equally empty and devoid of any actual meaning. Sometimes it would be sarcastic. Uh, how's it going? Well, I'm, I'm alive, so that's good. Uh, or it would be, well, I, I woke up this morning, so I count that as a win. You know, sometimes it got a little more, a little less formulaic as people tried to find 
other responses for it. And um, they still be equally meaningless for the most part, aside from injecting a little bit of humor, which could tell you something about a person. But um, I continue to find new patterns and, and seek out new patterns um, because I've realized that very people are going to be able to tell me them anyway. I have read books on bullet journaling and philosophy and organizing your life. I still want to read more. There is a part which harkens back to when I was a kid where it's I don't really want to be embarrassed and let everybody know what my problems are, so I'm not going to seek out those solutions, which is a dumb, dumb pattern. But um, I had been thinking about bullet journaling, uh, which is something I've been practicing for a few years and trying to really understand. Um, I had made a mistake, I think, in my interpretation of what the, the running log was. So when, or the daily log, I guess would be one way to put it. In Ryder Carroll's original design, which is very, very minimalist in, in nature, um, certainly nothing like the large, elaborate, colorful, artistic journals that many people put up there. YouTube uh, uh, exposés on, and which I've watched many with some chagrin. Um, it's extremely minimalistic, intentionally so, because he wants it to be as quick as possible a method of capturing data. But I looked at his daily log, and the daily log looks like a combination of planning and recording. These are the things I plan to do, so they're reminders. These are the things I've done, so they're recorded. And that's all I really took it to be, which jives with how I had used uh, my many journals over the years. Uh, oftentimes, I put a date down, and I just start noting all the things that have happened on that date, things I think I'm going to need to remember. Um, you know, I'd go to a meeting. I'm jotting down notes. If I'm working on something, I'm jotting down um, solutions, problems, questions. I might be working something out. I might be designing something. But it's all about active work. Um, or at the very beginning of the day, you write that date down. And here's the things I want to accomplish. And I've done that one too. And they're both very important elements. But the thing I did today was actually much more relevant than that. And may in some ways have been what was originally intended. I should probably go back and rewatch some of those Ryder Carroll videos. Hoping getting his, his name right because I felt confident about, about the name until I said it. Anyway, what I used it for today, and which I'm thinking is going to be a much more useful way, even though I will do those other two as well, was not to record what I plan to do, or rather write down or plan and what I plan to do, rather. It's, it's getting a little late. Um, nor was it a record of what I was doing. But rather, it was all the other things I was thinking. This is something I have heard about in uh, ADHD. Um, uh, I don't want to say not guides or um, advice. Let's put it that way. Again, not diagnosed, but suspicious. And part of the problem, part of the, the issue in one 
facet of this very complicated thing. It has a name. We've given it a name, ADHD. It's not a thing. I'm not denying that people have it. I'm not denying that people uh, experience all these things. But I'm growing less and less confident that we really can call it a singular thing. This simplification is, is, is bothersome because it's an oversimplification. Um, in my case, um, one of the manifestations of the complicated cognitive landscape that I, I have is that I'm constantly interrupted by interesting thoughts, um, curiosities, side things, things I want to do, things that I should probably look into. And the concern has been that I'm going to forget about them almost immediately. I'm going to forget about them because they were fleeting thoughts. And yet they were utterly fascinating to me in that moment and may have inspired another couple of thoughts. And more often than not had inspired me to go to do that task right away. And then I look up and 10, 20, 30 minutes have passed. And I realized I ran down that rabbit hole. I followed it. It became so important in that moment, partially because I was afraid of losing the thought, which has happened multiple times. Simply ignoring it is a fool's errand, really, because simply ignoring it means you can actually ignore it or implies that you can, um, which is not really the case unless you take other action. And... I found some of my best ideas, some of my best strategies, some of my best uh, plans came from those moments. It's almost the idea that your subconscious is working all the time. So when it creeps up to the conscious, it's a little window popping up on your machine saying, oh, by the way, I've, I've been working on this. Here's the conclusion. Now, sometimes it's spurious, sometimes it's not. What I used my daily log for today was as a dump of those thoughts. Again, not stuff I'm planning to do today, not stuff that I'm accomplishing today, but rather the things that have distracted me from doing the thing that I was really trying to do in the first place. Now, as I said in the beginning... This may be entirely obvious, and I'm the one who's missed it. It may be how everybody else works, but it wasn't how I worked. And it was truly liberating to put those down. Even though I could have been recording some other things that I'd been doing, even though I could have been recording the things that I planned to do, which I had already done in my weekly planning and recording the things that I was doing, I just mixed in with that, which is how the original bullet journal was described. But I truly didn't understand it until today. Now, I think I still ended up with 25 things on that list. It was too much. And to accomplish those 25 things, in addition to the things that I had already planned to do, that was not good. I, I think... Another thing that inspired me to do this was I realized that as I would read through my mail, I have a number of flags that I put on my mail, little little indicators. 
And one of them is um, what can be either action required or focus required. This is a recognition that while I'm reading my email, my goal is to squeeze out all the email that's not relevant and heighten the email that is relevant. But I'm not necessarily processing that email just then. That's not the mode I'm in. My goal is to push through as much email as I can, not to process as much email as I can. It's to winnow away all the spam, which I don't get that much of, uh, all the bacon, which I do get a bunch of, and all of the high-priority notices that really do need right now to be done. So I have a lot of these flagged as focus required, which is generally, I need a longer time to think about this and possibly formulate a response, as opposed to action required, which means I have to respond by going and doing something that doesn't necessarily need a response, uh, or the response is not the major part of that. Those are what I've used before, and I like those. But I realized that I wasn't really good at going back and checking on those because I wasn't noting them as important actions. There was something I was listening to um, on ADHD Rewired about important but not urgent actions, which is what these essentially fall into. But instead, as I'm going through my email, if I jot down in my running list and my daily log the actions required, I have externalized them in a separate place. I can refer to them, not in my email inbox. And that is a powerful step because now I have a checklist that I can go through and I can refer back to that email or I can start on the non-email part of that task right away. Still need to get faster at it. Still need to get better at reviewing that. Didn't review it at the end of the day. I'll review it tomorrow morning. Um, Worry that it becomes a long laundry list of future tasks, which is also something I'm dealing with. But also very relieved to have an outlet for those crazy, well, I don't want to say crazy, that's a loaded term, all those interrupting thoughts, all of those sudden inspirations, which it seems like such a terrible waste to utterly ignore and destroy but yet I really shouldn't do them right now. Something as simple as that. It's taken me almost a half a century to figure out. Uh, but maybe you can figure it out faster. I've been wandering out loud. I'm Mark the Encaffeinated One. This has grown a lot longer than I should have gone. But I like anecdotes, so I stick those in. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>